Good morning and welcome. The Lord be with you. And grace and peace to us all in the name of Christ our Lord. It is Christ who calls us here, who reveals himself to us as we share in word, music, and in the good company of one another. It is a blessing to be with you, to share with you and worship this morning. I'm on. It's a, I don't know what's about this, but this is, this is on. So, okay. I was being told I can't hear you, but I'm on. We are especially blessed by the presence of those who may be visiting. We thank you guests for sharing with us in this time of worship. And just to remind you, as we gather for worship together, to attend to those worship pads you may find to your right or left, because it helps us to know if you're sharing in worship as we gather at First Church this morning. As we gather, it is also helpful to attend to opportunities for ministry as they are before us. This past week, we have shared in providing meals for residents of the nearby apartment complex who were burned out a couple of weeks ago. That opportunity is before us for at least two more weeks. So as you may feel God leading you, we invite you to be here early Tuesday or Thursday mornings around 9 and 9.30 to help prepare meals for about 30 extra uh, guests. We, that's our lunch bunch ministry each Tuesday and Thursday, but we're supplementing that by providing meals uh, that someone from Piedmont Community Services then comes and picks up to take to the residents who have been displaced. Thank you for your response to this ministry and for, the, um, for sharing with those in need in our neighborhood. Also, um, for us, the opportunity to continue to support the ministry of the food bank and clothes closet. Next Saturday morning, we will gather here at the Uptown Ministry Center to share in that ministry. And if you've not seen the Uptown Ministry Center lately, uh, I invite you to do so. A wonderful week is before us, and I'm excited about that, and Annette Hockfelt will speak to this. Yes, good morning. Well, our Uptown Ministry Center has been totally renovated to be a river rafting lodge. Thank you for all of your donations of decorations, Christmas trees, barrels, picnic tables. I mean, I would like for each of you to take 10 minutes after church to come down to the Ministry Center and just look around. Say a quick prayer for the children and the volunteers that will be here all week. I have 112 registered children. so. Please, I'll be down there right after church. I want you to look around. And thank you again. Thank you, Annette, and all volunteers who have uh, just given very graciously of time and energy for a very exciting week of ministry. I look forward to that. And I invite us now to prepare to worship God together.
call to worship is before us, I invite us to stand as we share in this call. We come to hear the story of God's faithfulness to past generations. The God who was with our ancestors is with us as well. Praise God with come thou fount of every blessing. As we gather for worship, I will invite us to share in the opening prayer as it is before us. We go to God as we pray. Almighty and everlasting God, in whom we live and move and have our being, you created us for yourself so that our hearts are restless until they find rest in you. Grant to us such piety of heart and strength of purpose 
that no selfish passion may hinder us from knowing your will and to know weakness from doing it. In your light, may we see life clearly and in your service find perfect freedom through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. We share from the scripture as it is referenced on the front of our bulletins this morning from the 24th Psalm. It's number 755 in our hymnals, and we will share in this responsively. We will share the first response, and our choir will lead us. First, Jill will play the response, then the choir will offer it, and then we all share in this response. First, we pray. Lord, pour your spirit upon us. Create in us a hunger for your word. Satisfy us with the offering of your word that we may be nourished and fed for your sake. Amen. The earth is the Lord's, and the fullness thereof. For God has founded it upon the seas. Who shall ascend the hill of the Lord? Those who have clean hands and pure hearts. They will receive blessing from the Lord and vindication from the God of their salvation. Such is the generation of those who seek the Lord. Lift up your heads, O gates, and be lifted up, O ancient doors, that the ruler of glory may come in. Who is, Who is the ruler of glory? The Lord strong and mighty, the Lord mighty in battle. Lift up your heads, O gates, and be lifted up, O ancient doors, that the ruler of glory may come in. Who is this ruler of glory?
This is the word of our Lord. Now I invite our children to come forward as Megan will lead us in our children's time. morning. Who can tell me what starts tomorrow? Do you? Vacation Bible School. Y'all are so smart. Yeah, we're excited for Vacation Bible School. Have any of you ever been camping before? You've been camping? Did you like it? Did you... That sounds fun. So we you camping. Has anybody ever been on the river? Whether you've been fishing or maybe floating or just playing, splashing around. Yeah, lots of outdoor fun. Well, all of those things are kind of what we're going to experience at Vacation Bible School tomorrow through Friday because our theme this year is Rolling River Rampage. So. Yeah, it's all going to be about fun outside on the river, and we're going to see how God walks with us. Uh-huh. You're right. It's like outside on the inside, so it's going to be lots of fun, and we're going to learn all about how God walks with us through the waters. So I hope to see each of you there, and I'm going to be doing story time, and we're going to have science and crafts and games and lots of food and lots of fun. So it's going to be exciting time. So I hope to see you there, okay? All right, let's pray. You can repeat after me. Dear Lord, we thank you for the fun we can have outside and inside during Bible school. Lord, bless our Bible school. and the kids that will attend. Amen. All right, you can go to children's time now. That was fun. Thank you, Megan. I invite us to stand as we sing Blessed Assurance.
We shared first from the 24th Psalm. Now we share, uh, as we've been sharing this year, from the Gospel of Mark. We are in the the sixth chapter, verses 14 through 29. Let us hear the word of our Lord. King Herod heard of it, for Jesus' name had become known. Some said, John the baptizer has been raised from the dead. That is why these powers are at work in him. But others said, it is Elijah, and others said, it is a prophet, like one of the prophets of old. But when Herod heard of it, he said, John, whom I beheaded, has been raised. For Herod had sent and seized John and bound him in prison for the sake of Herodias, his brother Philip's wife, because he had married her. For John said to Herod, it is not lawful for you to have your brother's wife. And Herodias had a grudge against him and wanted to kill him, but she could not, for Herod feared John, knowing that he was a righteous and holy man and kept him safe. When he heard him, he was much perplexed, and yet he heard him gladly. But an opportunity came when Herod, on his birthday, gave a banquet for his courtiers and officers and the leading men of Galilee. For when Herodias' daughter came in and danced, she pleased Herod and his guest. And the king said to the girl, Ask me for whatever you wish, and I will grant it. And he vowed to her, Whatever you ask me, I will give you even half of my kingdom. And she went out and said to her mother, What shall I ask? And she said, The head of John the baptizer. And she came in immediately with haste to the king and and asked, saying, I want you to give me at once the head of John the Baptist on a platter. And the king was exceedingly sorry, but because of his oaths and his guest, he did not want to break his word to her. And immediately the king sent a soldier of the guard and gave orders to bring his head. He went and beheaded him in the prison and brought his head on a platter and gave it to the girl. And the girl gave it to her mother. When his disciples heard of it, they came and took his body and laid it in a tomb. This is the word of our Lord. As I prepare to lead worship each week, I keep before me the scripture for the sermon. This scripture, generally speaking, was chosen months ago as I then try to select hymns appropriate to the scripture and try to coordinate the word proclaimed with the word offered in song and praise. Following the first service this morning, I was told you chose good hymns today, so I hope you feel the same way. Well, with the scripture before me, it is not unusual for me then to go to selected sites online, sites designed to assist in the planning of worship. Each denomination, including United Methodist, offers resources online for the planning of worship. There are also online sites not affiliated with any particular denomination, sites offering selections for prayer, hymns, confessions, affirmations of faith. I am grateful for this wealth of resources for those who offer their gifts in the leading of worship. Now, generally speaking, for each passage of Scripture, there is an abundance of materials offered in support of that scripture. This has been true for us recently, remembering the scripture of Jesus' healing of a hemorrhaging woman and a young girl, and remembering Jesus' calming of the sea before his frightened disciples. 
No shortage of resources for scripture such as that. Well, if only such resources were available to me in the planning of this service of worship. But not so pleasant, the scripture before us now, and not such a wealth of resources in support of this scripture. You see, we remember the text before us tells of King Herod calling for the death of John the Baptist. Herod's in a public setting. It's the setting in which Herod had recently had John the Baptist in prison, as John dared criticize Herod for marrying the wife of his brother. Herod's wife Herodias wanted John killed immediately. Yet Herod feared John, believing him to be a righteous man and would not consent to the wishes of his wife. In fact, we are told Herod kept John safe and heard him gladly. All of which leads us to the celebration of Herod's birthday. It's an occasion on which Herod throws a banquet for his nobles and military commanders and leading men of Galilee. It's an occasion in which the daughter of Herod's wife, Herodias, dances. Dances so well as to please Herod and all his guests. Herod is so impressed by her dancing. He says to her, ask me for whatever you wish, and I'll give it to you. Whatever you ask me, I'll give you up to half of my kingdom. Well, we can imagine this young girl being unsure of how to answer the king, so she runs to mom, seeks guidance as to what she should say to the king. Well, though this young girl may be slow in offering her answer to the king, mom is more than ready to tell the king what she wants. So Herodias tells her daughter, say to the king, you want the head of John the Baptist. Herod's not prepared for this. He's sorry he ever made such an offer to his wife's daughter. But in this setting, he's made a promise to this young lady, and the king dare not embarrass himself by going back on his word. He sends for the head of the Baptist. Again, as you may imagine, not much help found online regarding this scripture. In fact, we may wonder, why is this story here at all? There's little mention of Jesus other than the confusion about who he is, confusion leading to the remembrance of the sad fate of John the Baptist. It's really not an inspiring story. It's not a story such as a parable exhorting right and faithful behavior. There's nothing here sending us from this place with the command, go and do likewise. But we notice, Mark, in writing his gospel, decides to place this story here. We wonder why. Well, it is true we see this story as one which prepares us for the unfolding of the story of Jesus. Because as John suffers and dies at the hand of authorities, so shall Jesus suffer and die at the hands of authorities. Authorities who, like Herod, will prove to be indecisive and interested only in saving their own life. It's true, this story of the suffering and death of John the Baptist serves the purpose of preparing us 
for the rest of the story of Jesus. Yet while that's important, this story does more than prepare us for the suffering and death of Jesus. At the least, this story calls us to remember there is a wealth of stories in our Bibles that appear to be stories uninspiring, stories dark and troubling, stories whose existence we may question within Holy Scripture. Yet these stories, such as this one about Herod, his wife, and her daughter, and the death of John the Baptist, are stories found within Scripture. Now, dare we recall some of these dark and troubling stories? Well, often we may prefer to skip right over them. Episcopal priest Barbara Brown Taylor remembers the time when the women's group of a particular church invited her to speak to the women of the church about the women of the Old Testament. Taylor accepted this invitation, welcomed the opportunity to speak to these women about the women of the Old Testament. So, Taylor recalls, I told them about Jael, most blessed of women, who hammered a tent peg through the skull of Sisera, an enemy general, as he slept. I told them about Esther, the Jewish wife of the Persian king, who won permission for the Jews throughout her husband's Persian empire to destroy, to kill, to annihilate as many as 75,000 of their enemies. Anyone inspired yet? Well, by the end of my talk, says Taylor, my audience's eyes were like disc. And I was feeling a little queasy myself. They thanked me very much and have never asked me back. <laughs> well, she continues, she says, I could just as easily have talked about Sarah, Rebecca, and Ruth. But there comes a time, she says, in every preacher's life when the horrific parts of the Bible can no longer be ignored. The Bible, she tells us, is not simply a book about admirable people or even about a conventionally admirable God. Instead, it is a book about a so sovereign God's covenant with a chosen people as full of holy terrors as it is of holy wonders, none of which we may avoid without avoiding part of the truth. Although we may agree with the words of Barbara Brown Taylor, we understand the reaction of the women who invited her to speak. Do we really wish to rub elbows with all these stories filling the pages of Scripture, stories revealing not only the glory of God, but also the darkness of the human being? Do we wish to read about the drunkenness of Noah or read of a brother killing his brother? Do we want to read the tragic story of King Saul, the first king of the people of God, a man so insecure and desperate as to consult with a medium or a witch at Endor? Do we wish to read of the prophet Elijah calling two she-bears from the woods 
to attack 42 jeering boys? Do we dare read of the Apostle Paul wishing those who opposed him would make eunuchs of themselves? And do we wish to read of the petty, self-serving behavior of King Herod, beheading the very one whose ministry prepares the way of God's chosen Savior? Well, whether or not we wish to read these stories, here they are. All of them. Gathered within these words we moments ago confessed is the word of our Lord. All of them daring to announce the presence of God even in all the most sordid affairs of human life. All of them daring to witness God is at work even through the worst life has to offer. Even through these tales of terror. All of us calling this to know that whether we live or whether we die, we are the Lord's. All of them calling us to know that neither death nor life, nor angels nor rulers, nor things present nor things to come, nor powers nor height nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus our Lord. These powers of which we speak include that power wielded by Herod. And while we get anxious about whoever wields political power, about who is in office, about who sits on the Supreme Court, I can't help but believe one of the blessings of this scripture is that it reminds us Herod was ultimately sent into exile where he died. In other words, we remember the grass withers, the flower fades, as do those who wield earthly power. Only the word of our Lord shall endure forever. So we worship this one to whom John the Baptist witnesses. The one who fulfills the word of God as spoken in law and through prophets. He is the one bringing the kingdom of God. This means we don't worship Herod or any of the other pretenders who believe all creation revolves around their narcissistic selves. This means we remember the second and third of God's commandments, telling us we are to worship no God other than the one true God, and we are to establish no idols, all of which gathers us within the witness of the 24th Psalm. It's this psalm we recall witnessing to us that the earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof, the world and all those who dwell therein. Now, it may be these words don't sound as if they carry great weight. It may sound as if it's simply a message we can feel good about as we attach it to the rear bumper of the car or put it on the refrigerator door. So I invite us to listen to this witness one more time the earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof. Hear these words telling us the earth belongs to no one other than the Lord. This means the earth doesn't belong to Herod and his minions. This means the earth doesn't belong to any political party, Republicans, Democrats, conservatives, liberals. 
This means the earth doesn't belong to the United States or to Russia. It's not the property of the United Methodist Church or Baptist or any other denomination. The earth is the Lord's. This means the earth and all therein belong to one whose purpose is to save and to heal all he has made, not to those who destroy. A tale of terror, yes. This story of Herod calling for the head of John the Baptist. Yet a story gathered within all stories, redeemed by the Lord, to whom all creation, all principalities and powers are subject. A tale of terror redeemed within the purposes of God, so as to give glory to God, the one to whom all earth and heaven belong. And a story reminding us, there is nothing beyond the power of God to redeem, nothing beyond the power of God to make new. And that includes the stories you and I bring to this place of worship this morning, stories of terror and stories of wonder. Because what is true for Herod and John the Baptist is true for each of us within this place. The earth is the Lord's and all who dwell therein. We belong to this Lord before we belong to anyone else. We belong to this Lord now and always, and from him nothing shall ever separate us. We respond to the word with words of scripture found in Romans 8, so I invite us to stand as we share in the affirmation found on page 887. <clears throat> Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation or distress or persecution or famine or nakedness, or peril, or sword. No, in all things we are more than conquerors through the one who loved us. We are sure that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor things present, nor things to come, nor powers, nor height, nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God And as we stand, I invite us to welcome one another as we pass the peace of Christ.
forward. They never listen. They never listen. Why don't I preach to the choir? I mean, it's, it's all the rage. I'll invite our ushers to come forward as we receive God's tithes and our offerings. Let us pray. Lord, we pray for daily bread, but you provide us all things, even your own son. We thank you for entrusting to us these many gifts. And as we return but a portion to you, we pray that in your care these will accomplish great things. For the gospel of Christ our Lord. Amen.
I invite us into a time of prayer that we know as the prayers of the people. It is a responsive pattern of prayer. I will offer various petitions, concluding each of these petitions with the words, Lord, in your mercy, and inviting from you the response, hear our prayer. Uh, I will actually offer a litany for the church and for the world. It will differ slightly from the regular order of the prayers of the people, but still there will be the offering of the response, Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer, and the invitation for you to name those concerns uh, that you would like to speak as we worship God together. Let us pray. Grant, Almighty God, that all who confess your name may be united in your truth, live together in your love, and reveal your glory in the world. Lord, in your mercy. Guide the people of this land and of all the nations in the ways of justice and peace, that we may honor one another and serve the common good. Lord, in your mercy. Give us all a reverence for the earth as your own creation, that we may use its resources rightly in the service of others and to your honor and glory. Lord, in your mercy. Bless all whose lives are closely linked with ours, and grant that we may serve Christ in them and love one another as Christ loves us. Lord, in your mercy. Comfort and heal all those who suffer in body, mind, or spirit. Give them courage and hope in their troubles, and bring them the joy of your salvation. Lord, in your mercy. Lord, in your mercy. We commend to your mercy all who have died, that your will for them may be fulfilled. And we pray that we may share with all your saints in your eternal kingdom. Lord, in your mercy. We offer these prayers through Jesus Christ, our Lord, who has taught us to pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Our closing hymn, It is well with my soul. I and as we sing.
We go as a light into dark places. We go as the light of Christ, reminding all of the presence of God through darkness and shadow, through sunshine and brilliant light. Now and always, God is with us. So go in peace. In the name of God, Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. Amen.